There's something missing from movies over the last decade. There's a gap. A Jack Nicholson-sized gap. Nicholson hasn't made a film since 2010, and it doesn't look as if he's coming back. He spent 30 years as the king of Tinseltown, winning Oscars in three different decades. His persona almost outsizes his performances. But in Chinatown, those forces meshed to provide the most quintessential Jack performance we'd ever see. In 1980, my parents toted me to the cinema for the first time to see The Shining. My introduction to movies was a Stanley Kubrick masterpiece. It burned Nicholson's menacing snarl into my memory and into my nightmares. I didn't sleep for a week. My mom laughs it off now as the naivety of first-time parents, yet I detect a hint of sadism in her cackle. By the time As Good As It Gets hits theaters in 97, Hollywood has crowned Jack its grand poobah. And when he garnered his last Oscar nomination for About Schmidt, all he really had to do was walk onto a set, unfurl that famous grin, then wait for critics and audiences to swoon. You couldn't watch a Lakers game without the camera panning to find Jack courtside, his eyes masked behind dark glasses while he joked with players or yelled at referees. He sat front row at the award shows, still wearing the sunglasses, presiding over Hollywood's self-congratulatory ceremonies. He'd cemented his legend as a brilliant actor and an unapologetic bad boy. And he handled the press for both of those with a shrug. But if you cut him off in traffic, he might smash your windshield with a nine iron. Such scandals sink some people's careers, but Jack sailed on to win another Oscar three years later. Despite expressing regret for his behavior, you got the feeling he really wasn't all that bothered. If social media had been around then, he might have behaved differently, but really Jack was the prototype for no fucks to give. He looked like he was playing with house money when he hammed it up with rakish lupine charm alongside Michelle Pfeiffer and James Spader in 1994's Wolf. He wanted to play a werewolf, even though that word wasn't actually used in the film. But regardless, moviegoers spent 130 million bucks to watch him do it. The campiness of the movie shouldn't have worked, but it did. And that's a pattern for Jack's career. He rarely misfired, starting from Chinatown in 74 until about Schmidt in 2002. And even when a film didn't quite hit, such as 1992's Man Trouble, he followed it up with an Oscar for A Few Good Men. His feral charm kept eyes glued to the screen throughout his career. You like him, but he seems indifferent to your affection, which only makes you like him more. His smile devilishly splays across his face. It emanates mischief, and it makes casting decisions as the Joker for Batman, or the Devil for Witches of Eastwick a, a no-brainer. And it's not just his smile, but it's the way he fine-tunes each grin. He adds a dazzling array of micro-expressions providing a unique identity to each of his simpers. It's sinister. It seduces. It explodes. He pulls off an over-the-top scene in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because of his dedication to subtlety. He uses controlled nuance as a launching platform for moments like screaming at Tom Cruise in the courtroom of a few good men. For all the gushing that acting wonks like Bradley Cooper or or Tom Hiddleston might do, or his performance in Cuckoo's Nest. Jack Nicholson's real masterclass performance is Jake Geddes in Chinatown, 
Chinatown, Jack displays his full arsenal. He plays the noir role in low gear, a private dick wielding a smirk instead of a gun. Armed further with a loquacious coolness he uses to slap around the film's meatheads. He's never been the brawn, but uses a fast, lethal wit to confound and wilt his adversaries. He's jaded, sporting cavalier amusement at the crooked world he occupies to hide his disillusionment. He broods beneath his spiffy suits with the whiff of a broken man, capable of being a hero, capable of being a villain, capable of being both. He's lean and hungry like Shakespeare's Cassius as he snoops the city and postures against the surrounding darkness with acerbic commentary. Instead of Humphrey Bogart's raincoat, he dons a cloak of emotional Teflon, which is more fitting for Los Angeles. He seems untouchable, but his eyes say otherwise. He's vulnerable in every scene with Faye Dunaway, and by the end, when Jake realizes it's Chinatown, he teeters on collapse unraveling like a delicate cloth, stretched until a few solitary strands hold it together. It's at the end of the film when he's frayed, to the last strings, but continues brandishing bravado and vulnerability, like pistols in either hand. That's when he transforms into cinematic legend. Jack's physicality demands notice, his smile, his eyes, his expressions, but that's before he wields his gift for saying a line. His lines are some of the most quoted in pop culture zeitgeist. He usurped everything from The Tonight Show and Ed McMahon when he snarled, here's Johnny, in The Shining. He chomps script and scenery in Easy Rider from the moment he utters, have I got a helmet? He's even the most quotable thing about Tim Burton's Batman. Wait till they get a load of me. Then the 90s came and Jack filled the decade with memorable quips starting with his Jessup and a few good men and not stopping until as good as it gets. His roles and quotes are ingrained in our cultural fabric. Scores of people will tell someone, you can't handle the truth, but have no idea why they're saying it. Now his last outing, How Do You Know, bears forgetting. Will he make up for it? It's hard to say. His IMDB page shows nothing in the works and there's no news on the net. Maybe he did that Gene Hackman exit, and he's retired to pursue other interests. Or maybe he's doing the Daniel Day-Lewis thing where you retire and you pursue something really eclectic, but you return for the right part, but then you retire again, and then you reemerge, and then you retire again. Maybe he's going to stroll out one more time like the great baseball player Satchel Paige did on September 25th, 1965, when at the age of 59, he threw three scoreless innings on 28 pitches. Is that what Jack's waiting for? One more good script, one more good role, one more moment to leave everything on the field? Maybe Jack woke up one morning and looked in his mirror and said to himself, forget it, Jack, it's Tinseltown. And the audience is left with the image of a man walking away, deciding there was nothing more that he could do and the world would just have to find a way to go on without him.